Hello, I'm Thomas, and this is the KAANP, the Knoxville Area Artists Networking Platform. And here we talk to artists about themselves, the art they make, and where they make it, kind of. So yeah, stick around, give us a listen. Enjoy the show. Here with Jake Mincy today. How you doing, Jake? So far, so good. How about you? Oh man, not bad. Had a half day of actual work today, and <laughs> now I'm off doing the fun stuff, All talking right. to people with a microphone. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, right. Uh, so, what do you do in Knoxville, art-wise? Um, art-wise, I'm currently a tattooer. Been doing this for like right at 11 years. Um, that's really art-wise. That's the only thing I have going in in here. But I have some ideas that I've been wanting to chase, but. Um, you know, the world being plagued and whatnot, it kind of got in the way. So A lot of things. Things are on back burners, but we'll see what happens. Well, uh, what, what other mediums have you used? Um, I dabble in paints and stuff, mostly acrylics. Um, uh, I do drawings. I've done uh, pencil color stuff. I did color pencil for, for a long time, but prior to that, um, most... As far as I can remember back, most of my childhood with art and stuff was uh, mostly ink and pen. It was all black and white. Um, I never really dabbled into color. It wasn't until I got into like high school and I had this really cool art teacher who, uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> saw this broke kid who was in trouble all the time and was like, you got talent and I want to make you see that. And she would always force me into doing... Uh, Doing things that I wouldn't normally take part in, you yeah. know, and um, push your boundaries for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and she would like take it as far. Uh, I, I believe her. Yeah, her name was Miss Mosier. Um, super awesome woman, and she was a, a professional artist before she got into teaching. And um, she, uh, she had, um, she had. Uh, been doing like these realism paintings and stuff and then she got um carpal tunnel and so she just spent the rest of her career teaching kids um so point being was like she would tell me things like well if you're going to give me a hard time doing this colored pencil piece because you're so stuck in this chromatic you know <laughs> art style Damn then she, I'll just I'll just give you an F and she, I was like she called you out on it huh yeah I was like holy <laughs> shit you're going to give me an F and she I guess you know, I better try these damn yeah, colored and pencils. she would just force me into this stuff and she exposed me to a lot of stuff too um, I can't thank her enough and definitely a big force behind how I look at things and uh, always trying to premeditate things and know the ins and outs before you just go and do it. Uh, fourth house, great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Um, very methodical. Um, yeah, but right now I've been doing a lot of like acrylic paint stuff. Um, and I, I just like doing it just because uh, I've found a way where I can layer and layer and layer. Um, as long as the canvas or the paper doesn't give out. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can about do anything. Um, tend to use this technique called glazing a lot, where you just um, find this, like, happy compromise of how thin you like the paint to be, and then you just keep layering it. And it takes a long time, and a lot of people get frustrated because they don't see immediate results, you know? Yeah. But um, 
that's how a lot of the dudes back in the day, you know, a mid-century type uh, art and stuff was created. They'd get all these crazy effects, these transparencies, and make things look shiny and, and glossy and stuff by just doing this glazing technique where they just layer and layer and layer and layer. And um, you get a really cool effect out of it, um, and I really dig it. So I haven't really turned away from it since I started doing it. It's pretty awesome. So. <laughs> it's it's enough fun to keep your attention. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because that's another thing. I'm really bad about, like, uh, if I start a project and it's not, like, something that's – really really grabbing my attention and and keeping me like involved i won't forget about it and i won't trash it but i'll stick it to the side and it'll sit there sometimes for like a couple months or several years just you give know? it the old like, side eye yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's just haunting me every day like hey remember me you abandoned me <laughs> so i mean but it is what it is you know yeah uh, you got i mean if you're have some any sort of regular creative output one of them just like at least one of them just falls behind oh at yeah some point. totally always um i mean it's one of those things you're one person and anybody that's creative can test testify to this um you have so many thoughts running through your head on a regular basis mm-hmm. and they're all projected from usually personal experiences you know what i mean whether it be something that directly affects you or something you witnessed, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is good though. That that that's a big thing for me. If you're going to make art, you need to try and derive some kind of emotion. If you're not if you're not pulling emotion out of somebody when they look at your art, then what's the point? You know, whether that be happiness, joy, sadness, or empathy, or just humanity, conveying you know? something and then having yeah. it land is yeah is because good. because it. Yeah, exactly, man, because if, in my opinion, if you're going to do art, you need to do that, because if you don't, what's the point? You know what I mean? It's just, it looks cool, maybe, but at the end of the day, it it has no, people can't relate to it, you know what I mean? And um, that's that's the thing, is like, people are going to be able to relate to art in all its many forms, no matter what you do, whether it's music food, dance, you're a musician, whatever. Um, if you're not trying to evoke these these emotions and make people connect with your work, then, I mean, you'll never really be able to get the exposure you need, no matter if that's on a big stage or even, like, just a local stage, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there just winging it and half-assing it and oh, they're doing just fine just fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just they're fine. probably listening to this now and going fuck that guy <laughs> whatever i just do this shit because yeah. it's fun and i get six yeah. figures i just throw paint at this shit and I, I love i love that that is some people's workflow and you ask them about it and they're like no i just i just really just yeah throw, throw paint that shit and yeah you're like, really Dude. that's it and they're just like yeah i remember when i was probably about 10 years old I don't know if Nick remembers this or not. We, we went on a uh, field trip. We were going to Highland Park, and they took us to the Knoxville Museum. And there was, just so happened, there was an M.C. Escher uh, viewing. <laughs> At that point, I'd never realized how much I'd seen of that guy's work. 
Because it's out there. It's God, everywhere, it's out there. dude. And he's one of those artists, man. He People may not know him as a household name, and they may not have his art on the walls in every room. But they've seen it somewhere. But they've seen it, especially if you grew up watching things like Looney Tunes and like trippy movies, especially like Stanley Kubert stuff. He yeah. tends to pull a lot from that weird trippy side of Escher. Um, and, man, I remember seeing that stuff and actually seeing the – the real work, because that's the other thing, is like when you look at a lot of these artists' work and books and magazines and stuff and even video, you don't realize that some of them are on this grand scale. Yeah, yeah so huge. Yeah, like his uh, famous, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the pattern where the birds turn into fishes and the fishes turn into planes and it's like a little city and all that. That thing's huge, man. It's monstrous. <laughs> I mean, these canvases are like a good eight foot tall. And, and we only see them on a screen yeah. or, you know, in a so picture. So it makes it harder to appreciate. Yeah. You know, but when for me, when I saw it, it just blew my mind, man. It, it made me rethink how I approached art, how I did art, how I viewed it, how I described it and explained it to other people. Um, Escher's just one of those dudes, man, that just um, really, really... Uh, it goes back to the emotion thing. Like he really touched touched me emotionally and artistically enough that I mean You just flipped your script. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I may not do the same kind of stuff that he does, but it's enough to make me like really appreciate and value what he's done. So hopefully I can return the favor, you know? Yeah. So now that we're on the topic of influences, <laughs> right. who else who else influences um, you? Whether whether it's to that degree or not, and 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 local or not, like do you right. have, do you have, do um, you have there some are big there are some local guys, um, especially with tattooing. Man, I got really lucky in tattooing. Um, I mean, it's a really hard business to get into and be whatever you want to call successful. Um, there's a lot of a lot of cats in the game that are very cutthroat, and they don't care to bury whoever, whether you're new or old at it. And um, I just got really lucky, man. I ran into a lot of people that really believed in me and really gave two shits about isn't where that, I was going. Isn't that going. funny when that happens? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I would talk to them and be like, how'd your apprenticeship go? Or, you know, what are some of the things you had to deal with? And they'd be like, oh, bro. Let me tell you. Sit down. You're going to want to <laughs> grab a cold one and hang on to your chair, you know? And it's like, oh, shit. But, um, yeah, uh, for instance, uh, one, of, one of my really good friends, and I haven't talked to him in a while since all this has been going on, but um, Sean Harris, um, he used to tattoo in Athens. I'm not sure what he's got going on now. But um, that dude, man, from the day I met him, um, we were cool. And that guy, he comes from an extremely artistic family. His grandpa was a realist, um, a, real, a realism and, and, and what was the word? Uh, impressionist artist. Um, back in like the 30s and 20s, I mean, he wasn't like any world-renowned go-to guy but if you ever saw his stuff you'd be blown away by it you know he did a did a lot of still life and things like that um and and sean's definitely got that flowing in his blood i mean he's one of those dudes where you just watch art pour out of his body 
And you're like, where the hell does this come from? How? Why? And he's so accustomed to it (laughs) and so okay with it happening, I guess because it's happened to him his whole life. Yeah. Um, There it is. Yeah, he's just like, whatever, man. Like, it's real easy. You just put a line here and a swoop of this and a little blend there. And I'm like, if you say so, dude. Like, Right, buddy, right. You know, but he's a really cool dude, um, very humble, a badass artist. Uh, there was another dude when I got into tattooing, Nate Pooler. Um, he owns his own shop in uh, one of the Carolinas. I can't. I don't want to say which one and give somebody the wrong information. Um, but uh, he, uh, that guy, was another dude that uh, came from a different walk of life um, and definitely shined some light on onto things that I never really thought about. And gave me a different perspective and, and showed me that, like, at the end of the day, we're all comrades in this game we call art. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's just a unified front of expression. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's, it's subjective. Yeah. And people forget that. And it's very opinionated. Uh, you know, you, you may like Van Gogh or, or um, you know, something like that where I'm kind of like, eh. It's cool, but it's not my my thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I wouldn't hang it on the wall, but I'd totally go check it out. I, I admire it for what it is. But uh, he definitely showed me that. I mean, like I said, he came from a different walk of life, and uh, he he uh, he he guided me in some directions and was real cool about just like Sean showing me these little uh, tips and tricks. Um, but man, as far as stuff outside tattooing. I could go on for days about people that have inspired me, especially like comic book artists and graphic artists, uh, Bernie Rotson. Um, if you don't know who that is, go check that guy out because he, dude, that is the man. He, uh, he did this amazing interpretation of uh, uh, Frankenstein, the, the Mary Shelley mm-hmm. uh, novel, and he uh, made... These like eleven by sixteens, I think, are bigger. And even though he did it all by hand, they look like the old school woodblock prints. Oh, nice! And he he did it all with like a hatching technique. And so he made every freaking line the right length and made them all go the same direction. And it was just insane, man. But he's done that his whole career. Um, he's done all kinds of stuff. Uh, and had his hands in everything. He helped design the creatures for the Ghostbusters. Uh, dude, that guy's just insanely good. Um, and then, you know, um, of course, like people like Todd McFarlane and stuff like that. Yeah, Venom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just revolutionized things. Yeah. Put a twist on things that people never really thought about. Yeah. And went against the grain. That's the thing is like I seem to find myself attracted to these artists that are told their whole lives like, oh, well, you can't do that. Why? Because it's not it's not not traditional. It's not how we do things. Yeah, it's it's not traditional. It just goes against everything we believe. Well, you know, if one person sees it and 
It really did. Whether they made it or not, mm. I promise you there's at least 20 to 50 other people who are going to be like, that's fucking rad, man. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And that's the thing people forget all the time, especially with art and all its many forms, is like, don't get down when somebody tells you, I'm not really feeling what you did there. You know what I mean? That's their opinion. That's one person. Yeah, the next person that walks up. Yeah. Or the third person that walks up, you know. Whoever. Yeah, they may look at your art and without even asking you any questions on it as far as inspiration or, or what you used, and they may just throw a number at you and be like, I got $300 in my pocket. Can I get that? Yeah. Or what's your price on it? Because I'm getting it today. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? And that's the thing. Um, it's unfortunate that we live in a world where, where we're kind of – we're kind of pushed around and taught to like always be hesitant and kind of be wary and, and this kind of thing. And it's like, man, you just got to be bold. Yeah, sometimes. And, and, and life's like skydiving, man. <laughs> you got to jump. You can either jump or you can stand around in, in the plane and, and – you know, watch all your opportunities go by or watch somebody else take all your opportunities mm-hmm. and then land. And they're in the spot where you wanted to be, you know. So you, you got to be smart about it. you got to n- kind of have a plan. You can't just always go for it. Sometimes you can, but um, that's the thing. If more people had that, had that mentality, I feel like the world would be far more advanced in so many departments. Um, but what I know, I'm just a stupid tattooer. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm the scum of the earth. <laughs> hey, I mean, don't feel bad. I'm just a professional sticker sticker, so, you know. Well, there you go, man. See? We're in this together. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that we're talking about, uh, like, a little bit of ideology behind it, like, what, what, do you have a workflow, or do you just go into stuff? How... What, I, if you I, have a workflow, what's it look like? I do. Um, and I was, so a lot of the things I do nowadays to especially these younger kids and, and younger people. Kids these days. Our, yeah, right. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Um, yeah, uh, they would probably watch me and be like, look at this old fuck. Like, why is he <laughs> doing all that by hand? Like, you could just go on here and click this and click that and mesh this together, you know? And that's cool, whatever, you know, whatever works for you. But um, when I was growing up, I never had a whole lot of money. Um, We weren't broke. Uh, My parents did everything they could to, you know, give us a good life and opportunities and stuff like that. But um, it wasn't like we had computers and tablets. Dude, I didn't, my dad didn't give us a computer until like, 1999. (laughs) Like, Gateway had already been around selling bullshit computers to people for a couple years you know yeah, yeah. we i was like one of the last people at my school that got a computer, a computer at home, home. Yeah. i remember going to school and being like man this is so cool the fucking internet and they it's were like, like 56k modems rock. yeah yeah like, windows 95 and these kids would just look at me and be like what a fucking loser <laughs> like that was so four years ago oh, yeah. I was yeah. kind of in that boat too. Yeah, and and so that affected my process a lot, and I went to towards a lot of uh, ways that just clicked with me. Like I would just look at things and be like, "Oh, this would totally work if I tried to do this." But there was a lot of things where 
I would see these other artists get these different effects, and I would have to go out of my way to like dig deep. And I mean, back then, if you didn't have internet access, or well, at the time, internet wasn't a big deal. It was hard to get a dial up and crap. You know, you spend three hours and like, oh, I found the process that I need to do. And then dad comes in and picks up the phone to order a fucking pizza and cut you off. It's like, no. Yeah. Um, it's into the world at that point. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, do you realize how long I waited for this? I sat here and stared at this screen for three hours. <laughs> but yeah, so so some of the things I do is um, obviously, like most artists, I conjure up the idea, the thought. Um, and then I can, at that point, I can kind of play around with like, what direction do I want this to be? Do I want this to be political art? Do I want this to be religious? Do I want this to be personal? Um, and then once I kind of determine that, I'll sit down, sketch out kind of what I need. Um, if it's something that I, I'm not familiar with, cause I'm a big believer, like just cause you do art doesn't mean you can draw or paint everything. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like that's a big misconception with a lot of people. You can try to do anything. Yeah, yeah, you can totally try. But, I mean, if you've spent 30 years making cartoony, you know, designs or or something like that, and now you're like, oh, I'm going to do a portrait of Grandma, and the portrait of Grandma looks like, you know, Uncle Todd and drag, well, that's not Grandma. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, and if I needed reference material, um, as far as reference stuff goes, man, I'm real bad about taking pictures of all kinds of random stuff. Be driving down the road and see a billboard and see a design and click, got it. You know, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that would okay. be a great pose or a great idea for what I'm trying to elaborate on. Um, and then I'll take those, get those together. Once I kind of get my design laid out the way I want, sketched out and everything, um, usually I'll take a couple pieces of tracing paper and just keep laying them over the top of each other and just keep building it up, try different ideas. And this way with the tracing paper, which uh, a lot of comic book artists do this and a lot of tattooers do this too. Um, so basically you create like a flip book with, mm-hmm. with your tracing paper. So if you're like, oh man, that idea sucked you can just pull the tracing paper up and you can see what you originally had and you've got these layers. It's like Photoshop point zero 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 one, right. you know, um, the, the tangible history palette. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's in the palm of your hand, <laughs> um, and, and then I'll, I'll figure that out and get get it where I need it, and then uh, usually I'll print out a clean version of it, or I'll just redraw it into a cleaner version. And uh, if it's like paper that I'm working on, like water paper or something that I know I can put the trace board under and see through it. Mm-hmm. I'll just tape it to the back and get it positioned however I need to tape it to it and then just draw or paint right over the top of it uh, on the opposite side. Um, but nowadays, um, since all these computers and stuff and crazy programs like Photoshop and Procreate and stuff like that, um, sometimes it is easier to just find reference material and just straight pull it and then kind of combine it all the way you kind of want it or close to it and then print that out, flip it over, draw it out the way you need it, and then you have your reference right there, mm-hmm. um, which I know some people are going to hear this and be like, you fucking tracer, you're not an artist. And, but the thing is, it's one thing to straight rip 
yeah. something and versus... Then, and then the likeness of the thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And um, and that's a, another misconception people have, too. Like, the old masters of art, they all had little gimmicks and tricks oh, yeah. like that. They all did that. You can't... There's not much you could say to convince me to make me believe, like, Da Vinci just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to draw realistic fucking heads of everybody and just nail it every time. Yeah, you know? no, that Bullshit. Didn't happen. <laughs> didn't yeah. happen. That dude put in his time. He put in the work. I guarantee it. There's all kinds of books we ain't found with oh, all, yeah, all yeah, his yeah. screwed up drawings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somewhere somebody's got a fucking old raggedy ass journal of like doodles and squiggles that, that he was like, isn't this great? And they were like, oh, yeah, that's fucking awesome, dude. This guy's out of his fucking mind. Uh, get back to work. Uh. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll usually do it like that. Um, sometimes I'll get brave and just throw throw pen and pencil to paper and just whatever happens, happens. And wing it. Yeah. Um, usually when that happens, uh, I tend to do this weird thing where I go in autopilot. Like, I just clear my mind um, and just let my hand, like, my hand becomes my brain. Mm. And it kind of does its own thing and whatever happens, I, I happens. Like, I like how you put that. Yeah. <laughs> um, how, okay, so now, so that's that's flow state, zen mode. Yeah, call yeah, it. yeah. So, so how healthy is it for you to be able to do that, knowing how you can access it? Like the practice of art doing that, how oh, does yeah. that help you? Um, dude, to be honest with you, um, sometimes it is very therapeutic. Um, it is very relieving. It's stress that's subconsciously been built up, and I've released it, whether I realize it right then or not. Right. Um, because, like I said, it's just autopilot, man. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, we could do it right now, and, you know, we might make something, like, really cool. We might just make a bunch of random doodles and stuff. It just depends. But you do learn from it because what happens with with that that practice, you do it enough, you subconsciously start to memorize um, movement. And with art, that's important because once you get to a point where, you know, like we'll say something basic. Um, yeah, everybody could create the illusion of a skull, but to make it look cool and mm-hmm. look look unique and more skull-like, it takes a little study. You know what I mean? you got to do it a couple couple hundred times before you really grasp, you know, all the ins and outs of the anatomy. But once you do that, um, without hesitation, on the fly, you'll, you'll just be able to nail it. Somebody will say, hey, make a skull. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. you know, I'll grit it out, you know, the old school egg shape, and then you put the line down the middle to, to mm-hmm. equal out the face and everything, and then just kind of doodle it in. And um, you learn a lot from it. And it also teaches you, too, to to not be so, um, so scared to just try stuff. Because if you're just going into that autopilot mode, laying it out, you're going to stumble across things that, that really, really change how you create. But you're also going to have some times where you notice mistakes that, that happen in your work all the time that you weren't observant of or didn't realize before, yeah. and now you can create uh, cor- correct that and make it better, you know? Um, so it's, a, it's a definitely a good, a good exercise if you've never done it. 
It's weird at first. It, well, it's 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 some people in their work. I can get to that flow state in my workflow sometimes. Some people can, some people can't. And I like figuring yeah. out when people get into that state of mind via their workflow. Oh yeah, because it tells you more about the brain behind the piece, mm-hmm. I guess, because. I understand that that is an extremely healthy practice for a person, regardless of how you get it. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, for my example, I draw, and we, we you know, that's yeah. the thing that we both do, and then I'll ride a long board, or sometimes he'll, you know, drive it on the interstate. Not not that, you know, you're absolutely minded going 70 miles an hour. It's just that you're in the moment, and everything sure, that's happening yeah. around you, you're aware of, and it's action and reaction. Yeah, you find that you find that moment where you're you're just here. Yeah, not the, upset you're just about being. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just in a state of being. That's a great way to explain that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know. Oh, nothing. And and I feel like uh, when people know that they can access that via their workflow and oh, yeah. use that as an oh, outlet yeah, for for their own, you know, uh, you know, for their own betterment of self. I guess. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Whatever then, that may be. Yeah, whatever it may be. I feel like that's that's a good thing. More people should know. And through art is one of those ways mm-hmm. that. I like to explore that part yeah, of myself. I totally agree, 100%. And I like to find if other people also do that. Yeah. And everybody's workflow is different. Mm-hmm. So when you get into talking about somebody's workflow, they either do it or not, or when yeah. they do it, yeah. or how they do it because they know how they like to get yeah. there. Yeah. You know, so it's just all the context around that item inside of a workflow is really interesting sure. to me. For sure. Um and I let a lot of things that uh, not just of interest uh, influence me too. I'm not afraid to let let things outside my life or even within my life that directly affect me influence my art either. Um, you know that goes back to that emotion thing. If you're feeling one way, I promise you, you're not alone. Yeah, that, that's a big misconception with a lot of people too, especially artists, because we we tend to be socially awkward. Uh, even before all this mess, um, <laughs> we we tend to be um, loners and that kind of thing. We usually don't come from great lives, um, and so we we beat ourselves up a lot. But um, I promise you, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, you're not alone. All you gotta do is reach out, and somebody will grab your hand and and, and show you. You know, yeah. and it's the same thing with art. I can't name how many times. Uh, you know, with with art, physical art, you know, paintings and drawings and stuff like that that I've saw and like had to take a moment and step away from it because uh, it touched me in a way where I was like, "Fuck," you know, like that's what that's like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly how that person feels. I'm living that shit, and, and it kind of gives you a different outlook on it. You know, um, same thing with music. Uh, and music's another art form. It's always been there for me, always saved me. Um, it's, it's influenced my my art in general. You I play any draw. instruments? I do. What do you play? Oh, I play all kinds of stuff, man. Oh, what? Uh, I didn't yeah, know this. Yeah. I play bass. I can play guitar. Um, not a very good piano player. I know a few scales that sound really cool, but until you, you know what they are, you're like, oh, what a fucking phony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Play a little bit of banjo. It's been forever since I played it, so don't challenge me. Um, I, I can play a little bit on mandolin. Um, my mom's side of the family were 
way more artistic than my dad's side. My dad's side of the family were just like hard-working farmers. And that's all they knew. That's all they did. And they just taught their kids to be that way and taught their kids good morals and values. And so what, what are you doing being a tattoo artist? <laughs> Dude, honestly, that's a great story. It's a great story. Um, I never, to, and this sounds terrible, but I never wanted to be in tattooing. It wasn't that I was against it or hated it. I just never had an urge. Um, I always wanted to go to like um, art school. Um, my dad was real big about um, pushing me to do that because he dropped out of school in the eighth grade. His education stopped there. And he had to do that because he had to help his mom and dad with their farm. And there was like, uh, I think six or seven kids. I think he, uh, yeah, I think he's got got something like that in siblings. Uh, most of them passed on now, but yeah. And, and so he was always big about like put in the time. You got to make sacrifices, mm. and then you get to that goal, and you'll you'll love it and you'll cherish it more. You won't just piss it away, right? Because you work for it. You put you put exactly, the time. exactly. Um, and so when I when I got into high school and I was a senior, I'd already made it up in my mind. I was like, I'm going to do something with art. One way or another, it's going to happen. Ideally, I wanted to get into comic book uh, industries and things like that. But um, when I started looking into art schools and technical schools and stuff like that, because I, I hit up a few colleges, and I just didn't like the idea of like, okay, well, you're going to take 20 classes that have nothing to fucking do with art. Right, You'll take yeah. one art class. Yeah, that's your one elective this semester. Yeah, and... and um, we're going to charge the shit out of it. <laughs> and it was like, well, right. how's that make any fucking sense? You know, that's like yeah. buying a brand new car and they, they take you out to the back lot and it has no tires and the, the seats are gone and they throw you the keys and like, it's all congratulations, yours. that's yours. <laughs> it's like, well, what the fuck? And then, you know, and then society wants to look at people that are in debt from schooling and stuff and treat them like shit and make them feel bad about it. And it's like, no, society made it that way. Yeah. You know, the only people we can blame is ourselves. <laughs> uh, we made that an okay standard. Um, but, uh, yeah, initially I wanted to really, really go to uh, uh, Joe Kubert's school. Um, if you're not familiar with Joe Kubert, Joe Kubert is another badass comic book artist who slowly leaked himself out into uh, more fine art, just like Frank Frazetta, another mm. big influence on me. Man, I see so much of his work. Dude, oh, my goodness. You, you talk about a guy that has influenced uh, culture, not even just American culture, world culture. Um, that's Frank Frazetta. Like how, how much, like... Uh, fantasy sci-fi looks like any like pick it out of a pile one of his pieces of oh, art yeah. you know yeah well and the and the the crazy thing about that guy was he never even wanted to do that <laughs> he got pulled into it by a colleague who took off a bit off more than he could chew and needed help so he could make deadlines and Joe or uh, not Joe uh, Frank was just killing it and his fr his his colleague was like dude. 
why are you making these silly comic drawings? Right. You're slaying it on this. Right. <laughs> and, and it was kind of the same thing with him as it was with me with tattooing. He never really wanted to get into it. He just got pulled into it, realized he was good at it, and realized the opportunities. And that was my thing, man. Uh, when I realized there was no way in hell that I was going to be able to um, go to college successfully or an art technical school successfully and be able to complete it financially, um, it kind of it kind of broke me down a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It yeah, it's, my, it's a big blow. Yeah, it hurt my feelings a little bit. Um, and for years, I worked bullshit jobs, mainly in uh, factories. And uh, I've always been the kind of guy, like, uh, I've always had this strong belief, if you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, then who cares? Leave people alone. And I always hated it when people dictated other people's lives. Like, they're not hurting you or your family or their own. Right. So who cares? Let them do their thing. Um, and the factory life is not like that, man. You. It, <sighs> It's about as close to con communism as you can get. <laughs> like they, They're always telling you every day you're expendable, you're not worth shit, and all this other stuff. There's 20 people lined up outside this door yeah, that do your job yeah, right now. Yeah, whether it's true or not. And, uh, I, man, I hated it the entire time. I did that for almost like six and a half years, dude, um, and, and worked at different factories over that time period. But um, I had a friend, his uncle had a tattoo shop in Athens. And we used to go out there and hang out. And um, that's actually where I met Sean uh, the first time. And I um, was out there just doodling one day, and he had made a comment like, um, maybe you should think about like getting into this. You know, What else are you doing in your it's life? It's like, Psst, you ever thought about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I was like, it, at the time, I just kind of was like, whatever, dude, you know, who cares? You know, you, you think you're knowledgeable, but you're not. You know, I was young. I was naive. <laughs> I was dumb as hell. Like all 18, 19-year-olds, regardless if you think you're the shit or not, you're, you're in reality, you're, you're, you are shit. You know what I mean? Like, you have no possessions. No knowledge, no experience, but for some reason... As You're just lucky enough to be here. Yeah, for some reason <laughs> as humans, we think, you know, oh, I made it this far, the big 18, you know, like, whatever. Go to jail with the big boys now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the big boy games. Um, but, uh, yeah, and that was the first time I had somebody whisper in my ear, you know, maybe you should look into this. And uh, I worked at... Factory's a little bit longer after that. And then one day, man, I worked for this particular company, and I hated them. I hated them so much because uh, they were always big about telling you they could never give you raises or more hours, but then they would come and have the main honcho come in and brag about, oh, we made $10 billion oh, this yeah, year. And it's like, the, the fuck, you can't give me $2 more on my pay? Right. Are you kidding me? But you're going to come down here and brag yeah, about the eight yeah. figures the and, company made. Yeah, man. And uh, I got my first apprenticeship uh, with a guy, Brian Jones, um, in Madisonville. He had a shop called Living Art. Um, and I learned when, when, when I was going through it at the time, this goes back to being young and dumb. <laughs> I thought I was just wasting time and spinning my wheels. But when I look back on it now, man, 
I learned a lot. And uh, when I started taking my apprenticeship there, Sean had left the other shop and came to Brian's shop. So now you have both these guys. Now I have both these dudes. Um, and Sean already knew kind of where I was at artistically. And Brian, because he had had some issues with other apprentices in, in the past, which is a common thing, um, he, he didn't really take me fully serious, you know. And if it hadn't been for Sean, um, I probably would have never got that apprenticeship. And I remember the day that, that um, I called down there and was like, hey, I want to get an apprenticeship for tattooing. And, uh, Did they laugh? Yeah, yeah, they totally <laughs> laughed. They totally laughed at me. On the phone, in my face, just like you're laughing, like belly laughing, like, oh, I bet you do, you fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, you sure? Yeah, yeah, you are. I'm sure he held the phone to his chest. It's like another fucking dumbass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sucker. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, so could I come down and show you some art or whatever? And he was like, I guess if you want, you know, like, you better make it quick. I got <laughs> shit to do. I'm a businessman. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, cool. So I remember getting in my little shitty-ass Skylark Buick and driving down there. And at the time, I didn't understand the, the purpose of a portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I come in there looking like a damn like snakes, snake oil salesman. Three-ring binder and bunch Yeah, and... and, and <laughs> Fucking guitars that I had painted designs on and wood burned and all this shit, man. And I'm just putting it in his his front lobby, and he's just looking at me like, "What the fuck is this idiot doing?" Are you trying to move in? Yeah, yeah. Like I thought this was an interview, not not a you know a flea market. And um, so I show him all this stuff, and he's looking at it, and he's like, "Oh, you got some strength in, in several several sections of art." And um, he kind of, I could, looking back, now that I'm older, he was measuring me up, is what he was doing. He wasn't being an asshole. He wasn't trying to hold me back and stifle me. He was just measuring me up. How serious is this guy? Mm -hmm. Is he really going to put forth the effort, you know? And uh, at first, he wasn't going to have nothing to do with me. (laughs) And years later, um, years later, like, friends and homies do you know and you're just talking to somebody me and sean were just hanging out one day and we were just talking and i remembered that that moment and i was telling him about it and he was like yeah man like um you weren't going to get an apprenticeship and i was <laughs> like really and he was like yeah dude he was like he wasn't going to give you one or or wasn't like super serious about giving yeah. you one anyways and uh i was like really and he was like yeah man he was like had I not been there and told him that I remembered seeing you um, and seeing you doodle and stuff back then, he was like, he probably wouldn't have even took you on, you know? Right. And so that that happened, and I would go down there, man. I was I was working at a factory, dude, getting up at 5.30 in the morning, working till like 2, 3.30, something like that. And then I'd go home, take a quick shower, drive over there, and hang out till like, one, three o'clock in the morning, oh, something God. like that, and do it all over again, man. Oh, no. And that did a lot for me, though, proving to those guys, like, this kid really wants this. 
and I was going through some stuff in my life too, and it, and that was a big part of it. It wasn't all work ethic. I don't want people thinking like, man, that guy is just like fucking. He's on his way to something great. Right. No. <laughs> I had some heavy shit going on in my life, and uh, it helped clear my head. It 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 was a little bit of a breather from reality. It's and a different world. Being able to escape to somewhere yeah, where expression yeah. was nice and welcome. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent, and being around fellow. Uh, artists and stuff who had went through it themselves or been through worse, um, it really helped. Because not only did I have people like who understood and took it serious, but they 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 made it out on the other end okay, and it made me feel good about it. Yeah, because you, know, you like, saw a lot of yeah, Arizona. exactly. And uh, yeah, that w- that went on for I don't know, almost a year or so. Um, and then, like a dummy, um, you know, being young and dumb, got too cocky, too big for my britches. And and uh, me and him went our separate ways or whatever. And uh, about a year went by that I didn't do anything. I got down and out again, man. And like I said, I had personal stuff going on anyways, and that beat me down some, and I just kind of didn't have anything to do with art for almost a year, year and a half. Didn't draw, didn't paint, nothing. That that pains me to hear. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it hurts looking back on it because I would just sit at the house and just dick around, man, or go to work. That was my life. And uh, Sean called me up one day. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? What's going on? And I kind of told him what was up, and he was like, well, dude, I got a friend that's got a shop up in Knoxville. You should hit him up. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. So this went on for about a week. He would call me every day. Well, he knew I was do, off work. Do the thing. Yeah. And <laughs> like, like, like a father figure, he was like pushing me into it. Like, <laughs> you need to fucking do this. Did you call that guy today? Yeah, don't make me come down there and bust your ass <laughs> and, and make you do it, you know, that kind of thing. And one day he called me, man. I was having a bad day. Um, the factory I worked for had been giving me issues, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go now. I wasn't even close to the fucking place, man. I was probably an hour and a half away. <laughs> and I was like, fuck it. I remember. I'll drive down there. Yeah, right I remember fucking turning around in the middle of the road and just going back. <laughs> and being mad as hell. Had, had my shit together. Went and talked to dude. And, uh, yeah. Worked there for a while. Um, not just as an apprentice, but as like a... a half-time and full-time artists there. Um, well, I wouldn't even call it an artist as far as being so young and green and like just a, a student. That's a better term, a student. Because when you're an apprentice, you are not an artist. There's a day and night. Yeah. And I will argue that till I die. <laughs> there's there's a hierarchy yeah. to it. Yeah. A, a very clearly exactly, defined hierarchy. Exactly, dude. And um, so I did, I worked for that, that company that business for another good six years or so. And um, did that, found some other opportunities, moved on and that kind of thing. And uh, I've known Nick since we were knee high. We went to school together. We lived like a mile down the road from each other. (laughs) We could walk to each other's homes. Our parents (laughs) knew each other. 
And uh, all through those years, me and him would, like, kind of reconnect every now and again and, and talk, shoot the shit. And, uh, yeah, one day he was like, man, I'm thinking about opening up my own shop. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. You know any artists that, that I can trust that are like, yeah, I know good? A guy. And I was like, yeah, I know somebody. <laughs> I know and he guy. was like, well, who? He was, like, really interested. I remember him leaning over in his chair like, mm -hmm, as, as he does. <laughs> tell me more, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, I was like, you're looking at him. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, man. Like, uh, I feel stale in the position I'm in now. I need something to relight that fire. I need to be with a team that, that's going to keep helping me throw coal and logs in on this fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, cool. Well, I'll go talk to the other guys I've got involved in this. And then maybe we can all meet up. And it all worked out. And here I am at Sleeping Giant, you know. Um, that's how that worked out. But, uh, yeah, it was a long haul to get where I'm at now, you know. And it is what it is. I mean, anything anything you want to want to really be into and really, really do it, you've got to make sacrifices and put in blood, sweat, and tears. And, and sometimes you've got to make unnecessary sacrifices, you know. Like a couple hours of sleep. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude, there's there's been many many times. I don't do it much anymore because uh, even though I'm only like thirty two, um, I just don't have that in me anymore <laughs> to do it. You know, like I got a kid now, and 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 other priorities and stuff that I got to take care of. And I just can't be hanging out at the shop till four o'clock in the morning right. and then coming back at 12 in the <laughs> evening and doing it all over. Yeah. It just don't work. Not for me anyways, but, um, yeah, man, that's, that's, you know, it's just one of those things. If you really want it, you got to just go for it. You know, it goes back to what I was saying before. Don't be afraid. You know, there, I, I mean, I've, in this, in the profession I'm in now, I found a couple, a couple of weekends that required most of my time and attention. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. you know, you know, spending uh, 14, 16 hours a day making sure somebody's race car that needs to get wrapped by totally. Monday gets out the door is totally. is a thing that gets done. Yeah, and, and, and it, the job gets done. Yep. And, and sometimes, man, that's those are the moments where all that time and experience and training gets involved. You know find yourself in a situation where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to meet the deadline. But but here it is. The task yep. has been laid yeah, upon yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm the only person this task is made for. Yeah. So here and we go. And you've got two choices. You can, either, you can either lay it out and just do it the best you can possibly do, um, or you can be straight up with people and just be like, hey, like – I don't think I'm the dude for you. I did it yesterday. I do it all the time, man. <laughs> all the time. That was something I learned real early before I ever got into tattooing. As an artist, man, especially when you're first starting out and you struggle and you're looking for work because you don't want to do the normal nine-to-five, you know, traditional stuff. Um, and I took on a lot of stuff that I probably should have never, <laughs> ever, ever got involved with. And, uh, yeah, I just brought that to the table with me when I got into tattooing, you know. Uh, this is a business where you run into a lot of strong personalities. You and, don't say. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they don't take, they usually don't take no for an answer. 
And because uh, because the money's in the other yeah, hand, yeah. ideas in one hand, yeah. money's in the other. And that's like, the hey, thing; hey, they're hey. used to dealing with people that are like, as soon as you pull that wad of money out, eyes light up, and yeah. suddenly they're like, you know what? I don't always do this because I usually fuck it up. But I'll, I'll do, do it, it now. This, this <laughs> time. Know, yeah. This time for yeah, you. Yeah, just for you and that <laughs> big old stack of fucking money. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I learned real quick, like, that. that is not a way to be. Um, because everything you do, your name is attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike uh, canvas work or, or things like that. Um, with tattoos, man, people never hesitate. No matter how good the tattoo is or how bad it is, when somebody walks up to to you and says, "Hey, man, where'd you get that tattoo?" You say it every time. Yeah, every time. I got it from this artist at this shop, uh, and either that person that asks you is either going to be like, "That is rad, dude. That is killer. Do you have a card, or how do I contact them?" Or they're going to be like, "Holy shit! Right, yeah, it's, we are it's a never going there." Reaction. Yeah, yeah, and so. I, I picked up on that real quick, and uh, I was just—I just tell people like, you know, I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna desecrate your body uh, with something that I'm not confident in. I'm not going to to go out of my way to try and convince you that I'm the man. I can do it all. Right. Like, I've—I started coining this phrase like a couple years ago. Um, all I have is my word and my portfolio. And if you can't get behind that, then I can't help you. Yeah, I mean, I, as as an artist myself, I would very much rather tell somebody that job isn't in my wheelhouse yep. than crank out something that I'm not happy yep. with that they have to live with forever. Yep. So definitely. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, too. You know, as artists, we tend to have our – we all have vices in general. But we, as artists, tend to get trapped in our heads and beat ourselves up and nitpick at the smallest oh, fraction. The, harsh, the harshest of critic scenario, yeah. yeah. And so if you see something or you get put in that position where you do it anyways and you see it go out the door, the whole time you're just thinking, man, I could have done mm. that fucking better or I should have told them to go and so and so. And you just, it'll bother you for a couple days, you know. And then if you have families and things like that, this is the part where we get kind of selfish. We don't realize that we throw that burden onto our families, you know, because they're with us more than anybody. Yeah, and and they just see it on your face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of times you don't even have to say nothing, and they just look at you and are like, What'd you do today? Yeah. (laughs) I guess that project didn't work out the way you wanted. Well, how'd you know? When you came in the door, your shoulders were on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What's with the long face? (laughs) You know, and and, uh, so, yeah, man, you... (laughs) You just got to do things that are going to satisfy you and honor you and still fulfill what these people ask for. And the big thing, too, is remember, you didn't seek out their help. They came to you. They mm-hmm. asked you for your help. For and they could have asked anybody else. Yeah. They could, millions of people in the world, billions of people, and they picked you out of all of them. Um, that's the other part of, of art, too. Um, and more so uh, with, with like the finances of art, trying to make money off of it, is you got to remember that a lot of this stuff is based on luck. You're lucky that somebody took you serious. 
you're lucky that somebody showed you techniques that, that you didn't normally do or practice. Would have been really hard to find out otherwise. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, especially if you came from, from you know, a generation that, that's 30 years or older now. Um, we didn't have all the resources. You couldn't jump on YouTube and just, oh, shit, now I'm going to be a master musician in mm-hmm. two days because I got this whole library of everything I ever need for free, you know. Uh, it's, it wasn't like that then. And uh, you got to remember that that you're lucky that those people sought you out, that they even came back, that they're spreading your name and telling people that you're doing cool art. Um, I mean, it's all luck-based. At any given time, people could quit muttering my name. (laughs) And, you know, I I would have to go and get a a normal job. You know, I'm lucky I've got to do this for 11 years. Um, it's, it's insane because I look at some of these dudes like my buddy Sean, Sean Harris, man. I'm pretty sure he told me one time he's only had like one or two jobs since he was like 16 or 17 years that, old. That blows my mind. And he got his first apprenticeship when he was like 16 or 17 and, done, and has done nothing but tattoos since then. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you look at guys like that that have invested – 20 plus years or the, more. Their entire like adult yeah, professional yeah, man. life. Um, it it kind of gives you a little more courage and a little more push to be like, well, this person helped me out and they confide in me and advise me and want me to do better. Well, if they can do it and they're there for me, surely I can do it too. I, mean, I, I have got, I have all the tools I yeah. need. You know? Um, so, Sometimes, you know, you don't see things like that. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know? Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say that with freaking glasses on. Me and you both. <laughs> Blind man, as shit. <laughs> Me and you both. Um, yeah, so it is what it is. But I, th- I just think, like, a lot of us just beat ourselves down too much. And uh, it shouldn't be that way. I feel like sometimes that's the, the opposite of the, the flow state shenanigans mm-hmm. because, you know, it feels so great to be able to just let loose. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you snap back to, and you're just like, dear God, that one line <laughs> is way too fat. What the <laughs> yeah. hell? Yeah. But you know, 99.9% of this thing you did when you weren't thinking about it is just amazing. And you're in love with yeah. it. You look at it for that split second too long. You're shit. Oh, for sure, man. And, and I'll be honest. That's kind of the reason why I've, I've been so hesitant to dabble with, uh, electronic art mediums uh, I'm really really fascinated by the idea of uh, having a tablet and procreate on it and having all these different brushes you can download and and things and customize oh my boss is like a kid in a candy store right Dude. now because he just he just like stepped out onto that yeah. fridge and he was <clears throat> coming around the shop the other day. Look at this! Look at this! Look at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, it, it's it's the coolest thing ever. Cause like as a tattooer, it it cuts your work in half, man. Cause now I don't have to bounce between resources on my phone mm-hmm. and and emailing that to to my email so I can pull it up on a desktop and then putting that on Photoshop and then hand drawing shit. I, I feel like it's there's something there. about being able to draw on top of the thing. Uh-huh. Like like it's just, you know, straight I, to the screen. Yeah, I like that it gives me the feeling that I still have a pencil or brush in my hand and I'm still connected to that canvas. Mm-hmm. That That's a big reason why I like doing tradi- what you would just consider traditional manual art. 
is I like knowing that I have full control over that. And, and I mean, let's face it, when you're making art, that's, that's your envision of your world. I mean, that, that point between your fingertips yeah, is, yeah. is the point that you, everything is yeah. distilled from. Like Not it, to get it, religious or anything, but your God in this world that you're creating on the spot, yeah. and anything goes. I mean, is it really that religious if Bob Ross said it? But dude, I mean, I mean, for sure. Yeah, that's another great influence, man. <laughs> I remember being a kid and watching that dude on PBS. Oh yeah, I was real little, man, and just spent hours just glued to the TV if, with if my you, juice box. <laughs> if you grew up and you didn't see this, what oh, yeah. what were you doing yeah. with your life as a yeah. child, not yeah. watching Bob? Why, my question is, why didn't your parents love you enough to show you that? Oh, God, that's the better <laughs> question. Your, if your parents didn't show you Bob yeah, Ross, you yeah, were not loved as yeah. a child. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like never exposing children to ice cream. Like, what oh the hell's God. wrong with you? <laughs> You're five. It's time for ice yeah, cream. Yeah, you got you got to try this shit. It's gonna blow your mind, kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, man. Um, I could talk about art for forever. I really could because, like I said, it's 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 enhanced my life in so many ways. So many ways, and it's not just tattooing it's not just canvas art it's like i said it's food it's dance it's music um all of it man and uh it's out there man you can't deny it no it's right in front of your face yeah yeah it's it's influenced everything dude sometimes all the time architecture yeah it's a fucking art form man this building you know some buildings are, are a lot more impressive than others, but it's the idea <laughs> some fucking person sit down and premeditated all this. They had that in their head, and then yeah. the next thing, it came out of their fingers. Yeah. And, and now it, it's brick and mortar on a street downtown. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. And people are using it and observing it, and, and yeah, man, uh, cars, you know, there's artists that created Oh, those. man, I could talk about cars all day. Yeah. Uh, even the smallest thing is like jingles. There's some musician that came up with that jingle that oh, you can't get out of your head, right? You and, like you it think, or not. and you've had it in your head for years. Yeah, yeah. So and 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 those musicians, they do good. It's like the old uh, Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> you know, I remember that because I, I used I to see it so much. I swear, there there's so many jingles. I wish I could get out of my head. <laughs> if, if I could pay money to get jingles out of my head, oh my god, I would right. do it. Here's a five dollar bill for that to never there, cost my money. It might be a lucrative business. That's like some total recall. I was about shit, to say though. it sounds like some total recall. <laughs> shit. That's what that sounds like. And next minute, you're out in Mars pulling big. Balls of metal out of your I, nose. I need, I, need to cre- I need to create the atmosphere around Mars. <laughs> Leave me to my work. That movie's, the original is <laughs> fucking gnarly, man. And, and you want to talk about some influence right there. Dude, yeah. That 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 dystopian future cyberpunk yeah. mix yeah. neuromancer bullshit is something that I think movies from that area that pulled art like Frank Frazetta from the 70s. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, God, William Gibson, I think, he created the steampunk genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys right there for, like, the next 30 years set in motion everything that cinema was doing. And then you've got dudes like, uh, guys like um, Robert Williams Mm -hmm. who who ran around with Ed Roth back in the day. Ed Roth's responsible for the Rat Fink and the whole Hot Rod movement. Man, in in my line of work where I work with automobiles, but personally, I have so much... Uh, influence that you don't necessarily see directly in yeah, my work. Yeah. 
But oh my god, pinstriping Dude, and yeah. patina. Have you ever seen pinstriping done in front of you? Yeah. Dude, it's the most insane fucking thing. I know. How do you make so many lines that look just Symmetrical. <laughs> How? How? And a lot of times, it's not like they're doing like a little, you no, know, like a 5 a, by 12 or something. This a motherfucker's a whole door panel. Yeah, or a 48 by 36 yeah, hood yeah. or some crazy stuff like that. And, and now I'm going to go on the other side without a stencil and match the motherfucker. And you know what I'm doing? And it's going to look squirrel hairbrushes. Yeah, like, yeah. You're telling me you yeah. got squirrel fur on that and thing? And enamel yes, paint. Yeah. I, have you ever tried using Dude, enamel have, paint? Have, it's ridiculous. I have MAC brushes and enamel paint at home. That's one of the mediums I'm trying to expand into, and which is why yeah. I ask that question to people. Yeah, what are you yeah, trying yeah. to get into? And, you know, pinstriping is definitely the one thing that yeah, is yeah. like a directly in, distilled influence mm-hmm. coming out of me. Because well, I've seen so much of it. I just want to do it. They call that, um, they, they've coined a phrase for that. They call it custom culture. And with that, the case. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, they um, basically it's all like hot rod influence and that kind of thing. And, and, man, here recently in the past, like, two or three years, it's really, really started to, like, surface up. Mm. You know, it's not a hidden thing. It's kind of like tattooing was in the beginning. You know, tattooing was like a hush-hush thing. You know, we don't talk about that, but we know it's there and it's fucking cool. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing with that. And I think that is so cool, man, because I follow so many people on social media and YouTube that are doing stuff like that that are so cool. Um, you know, I mean, not even down from, like, the physical things itself, but even when it comes down to paint schemes and color palettes oh, and yeah, everything, dude. the whole gamut of Some expression. Some of the color the combinations car- they do, if you saw them laid out in, like, just the, the – the paint cans, you'd been like, now that there's looks, no way. There's, that's, yeah, no that's going to look like shit. Well, and then and then when it comes down to finishes and patterns, you've got like lowriders and, and Latin culture Dude, yeah. from, from the 70s yeah. and early 80s where everything was, was gold and silver and, Dude, yeah. and filigree and sparkle. And oh my yeah, God, yeah. It, it's like visual candy on a car. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. Great. The more chrome you can slap on it, the better it's uh, going to you, be. You, you mean to tell me you got a doily on your yeah, on your right? roof? Yeah, You got yeah. lace on the yeah. fenders inside those three yeah. crazy neon colored panels with all the sparkles? He, he replaced the exhaust mm. with stacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Come on. You got your name cut out in middle over the third brake light? Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's another thing, too, man. Uh, I remember being a kid and going to the grocery store with with my mom. And uh, she would always tell me, like, you can either come with me and do grocery shopping or you can hang out at the magazine rack. Yeah, and read read the magazine. Yeah, and I used to uh, pick up more more than haps, uh, well, more more times than I can count. Um, I would usually always go for the lowrider magazines, and it had nothing to do with the vehicles or the women inside it. And which there were plenty of. Yeah, back in the day, <laughs> I don't know if they still do this or not. I haven't looked at one of those magazines in, in forever, man. But back in the day, they used to have in the very back of the magazine, it was a section where uh, these artists, tattoo artists, um, people in prison. Um, Send stuff in. Submission. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, the last, like, five, ten pages would be nothing but artwork. And that's what I'd do. I'd go grab them, and I'd go right to the back, man, and I'd look at it. And I'd, I was just blown away. And a lot of it was, like, a, um, like Latin American-type art. And um, it was something different. It was something I wasn't exposed to, yeah, you know. Yeah. 
living in redneck Tennessee, you know, like all I <laughs> that, knew that was literally is the only place you're going to get. Yeah. To. All I knew was John Deere and Conway Tweedy, you know, like, <laughs> and, and then seeing that man, it just blew my mind. Like, what is this? How'd they do that? Like that pencil shading is so smooth. It's like silk, you know? Um, and that influenced uh, me and in tattooing a little bit too. Uh, well, not even just a little bit, a lot. Um, I always, uh, I always like looking at that stuff, man. It's just so cool because it's a different walk in life, man. It's yeah. refreshing. It's it when you get exposed to a whole genre of something you've never seen or never knew existed, and you just you know open your eyes and let it just smack yeah. you in the face. And yeah, you, you just pick out all the things that yep. you're familiar with inside that, and then all of a sudden it becomes way more relatable. Yeah, dude. And, and and that's another thing too. One of my favorite things to do, and me and uh, Ben Fraser used to do this all the time. Um, who was a fellow tattooer, um, we used to do this thing where we would get like a canvas or some art paper and we would do a thing where I would draw a shape or draw a, a, just start drawing randomness. We'd never have a topic. We'd just start drawing random and we would time each other. We'd usually give each other anywhere between like two to three minutes a piece. And then when your time was up, you slid it over to the other person they picked up the pencil and did it, and then you just keep going yeah. back and forth till you're both done with it or satisfied. <laughs> if I touch it again, I'll screw it up. Yeah, and, and the, <laughs> the, the the cool thing about it is, you can make art that that looks like one person did it, but without the other brain, you'll never be able to get close yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, you know that's that, the craziest my, thing ever. The combination, the, yeah, the combination and the collaborative effort. Yeah, if you've never done that, or anybody listening has never done that, I highly suggest you do that because not only do you learn a lot about yourself, but watching and observing a fellow artist, you learn a lot that way too. And Especially when you're working on something that both of you had touched. Yeah, and neither of you know where it's going to go. Right. You know. And, um, dude, it's some of the coolest stuff, and I've learned a lot from it because that that artist is right there, and you can just straight up ask them, whoa, man, the how'd you do that? <laughs> like, what what was the idea behind that? Well, I do this and this and this. Really? I've never even heard anybody talk about that. Are you shitting me right now? Yeah, <laughs> and, and you learn a lot, man. You educate yourself, um, and so do they. Um it's it's pretty awesome, man. It is a really cool exercise to do, and I don't even know how me and him came up with that because we were just really it was boredom. We were working at the same shop one day, <laughs> and it was bored as hell. You just slide him a piece of paper. Yeah, man. I, it was it was like about this time of the year in December when it kind of slows down dramatically for tattooing in most places. Yeah, and um, I'm just sitting there killing time listening to the clock tick away <laughs> and just started doing it. I was like, Hey man, you want to draw some stuff? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what, you know, what if we hold each other back a little bit? And he was like, like time each other. And I was like, that works. That not necessarily that, that what I thought, but, but that works. And we just did it. And we, we've done that a couple times. And, um, man, sometimes you get some boogers out of it. Every, Every now and again, you'll get a couple diamonds, man. Yeah. And those diamonds, uh, study those, understand why they're diamonds. You know, you got to break that stuff down to a science, mm -hmm. really, because that's the only way you're going to grow. Yeah, if you're not aware of what you're doing at, at some point in the process. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it, it, you can't learn from it if you can't look back and dissect it a little bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what's the point of doing it if, if you're not willing to go back and understand? Right. You know? Wasting time, valuable time. Yeah. If if you can't repeat it, you know, or, or attempt something similar in the future, then you've wasted some of the value of the yeah. thing you just created. Yeah. For sure. And then the other person just looks at you like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, why did you do it? You, yeah. you drew this and then handed it back to me. Got me slaving away, and you <laughs> don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> you just look at him, hand a piece of paper. Why did you make this so yeah. difficult? <laughs> yeah. For sure. You really put me up shit creepy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like all kinds of art, though, man. I don't just like comic books and stuff like that. Um, I love all kinds of art, man. I'm a big, big uh, animation fan. Not even necessarily uh, quote-unquote anime. Um, I like a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, Looney Tunes and Disney. 90s cartoons and stuff like that, man. Uh, I love it because it's back in the day. Now it's mostly all digital. But mm-hmm. back in the day, man, you had like 100 people crammed into a little room and they would draw something out on some vellum, pass it to the next guy. That guy would line it out, pass it to the next man or woman, and they would put paint on it and yeah. color it up. And then another person would do the background. Or sometimes like... Uh, um, like with the old He-Man stuff, I actually got to meet a couple of those dudes that were responsible for that uh, at Fanboy uh, two or three years ago. Nice. And, dude, it was so cool and very humbling because I remember watching those old reruns and stuff and just being blown away, you know, like they made their art move, mm. you know, and yeah. getting older and understanding how they did it. And it was just like, holy shit, they're, they're moving paintings. And, um, yeah, those dudes were super cool to me. And, and uh, yeah, they, they told me a lot of things and, and inspired me. And the only thing I got bummed out was I was already, like, nearly $300 in the hole while I was there because I'd met, like, several people that I was just, like, over the moon about. Yeah, <laughs> so you had to. Yeah, and... Uh, it, w- it was kind of saddening at the same time, but I get where they're coming from. When you're an artist, you can't always uh, push your art for for what what it really should be, you know, as far as price. Yeah. And, man, they had old cell animation plus the backgrounds with them. So you got the whole you got the frame. Whole you got a whole frame, man. And they were, like, next to nothing. Ugh. I think the most... One of them cost was like two hundred bucks or something, but other than that, most of them were like fifty and sixty bucks. And and when I got there, I about threw up. I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh, if I'd known this, why didn't I start on this end of the room? You know. Right. But um, it, and I've I got to that same convention. I got to meet uh, several older um, Disney animators too that were responsible for like Little Mermaid and Lady and the Tramp and. Rescue Rangers. The Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. I remember that show so much. <laughs> or, that, and, or the movie, rather. But um, Yeah, man, all kinds of stuff. And, and they were all super cool to me, man. Super nice. And um, it's stuff like that, man. Like, when, when you're another artist and you can reach out to especially a younger artist and they listen to you and they take the time 
and you know they have that desire in their heart, man, that alone is, is fucking rewarding, man. It really is. Because I get people all the time ask me about apprenticeships, and a lot of times you can just look at people and tell, like, uh, you're fucking wasting my time and yeah. yours. You don't want this. But occasionally I run across somebody where I'm like, you you have a passion. It may not necessarily be tattooing, but you but, have an artistic but passion. something's in there. Something's in there. And a lot of times I have to break it to them and be like, you're pretty young. Why don't you get a little more experience, get a little more age on you? And I'm not saying, like, come back when you're fucking 40. Right. But, like, come back in a year or two because I bet your attitude may change and you might go someplace. You might not have to go through this avenue. Um, and that's the thing, man. Like, people just – sometimes people just need a push and they don't know it. Yeah. And usually the person giving them that little push – Is the person they least expected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and nine times out of ten, they don't even know that they did that. Right. You know, they, they just thought they were just having a conversation or trying to shoo somebody out the door. Right. You know, like, <laughs> it, whatever. Yeah, that's it. The unlikely scenarios that come yeah. through in, in in those in those moments a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny how that works out. It is. It is. And you never know, man. Never ever know. Well, uh, do you have any uh, work in progress right now? Do you have any projects you're sitting on? Anything you're trying to start? I got all kinds of stuff, man. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I got. I got. Shit laying around all over the house. I got, um, I'm, I had this skateboard that um, me and a couple other guys had bought some blanks. And uh, we had a, a fellow friend who um, works in the automotive department. Uh, he, he's an airbrusher. And uh, he loves metal flake, man. He's all about it. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I thought I thought to myself, I was like, well, while you guys are getting, like, basic paint jobs and stuff, I'm going to see if dude will just go hog wild. On the skateboard. Yeah, on a skateboard. <laughs> and I'm going to just kind of show him how I want it laid out on here. It wasn't, excuse me, wasn't anything fancy. Um, I just wanted it where it would frame out so I could put something in the center of the board. Yeah. So it wasn't just a, a cool flake board. So we get it done and everything, and uh, I didn't take in consideration, and I've worked with uh, enamel paints in the past, but not enough to, like, you know, at the drop of a hat, be like, oh, well, you can't do this and this because of that. Right. You know? Um, and I got too excited about it. That was the big thing. I got I got. Too excited. You just jumped in. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> went in head first, and, and yeah, I didn't realize there were landmines everywhere. And um, so, yeah, that took me a hot minute to figure out, like, how in the hell am I going to get uh, get the design I want to put on there? And um, I've had that board for about a year, and finally, one day, it just dawned on me. I was like, fuck it. Tape it off. Um, build some borders. And then just put some gesso on that motherfucker yeah, yeah. And, and lay it out with whatever medium you want. And it's worked so far. So I'm thinking about, like, once I get that laid out, uh, just hitting it with some enamel. Like, they put, uh, not enamel, but um, uh, like a clear coat. Mm -hmm. 
for like canvas and stuff like that. They you can get them in rattle cans now, um, and just hitting it with that afterwards. Because I'm afraid if I put like an automotive clear coat on it, it's gonna have a chemical reaction not only with the paint but with the gesso too. Because when gesso hardens it's really grainy it's kind of like drywall mm-hmm. like it doesn't take much to to peel it up or or scrape it um so i'm afraid it might have a chemical reaction but i've about got it laid out um it's pretty cool it's very tattooy um i don't know really i don't have any like plans to sell it or anything i've thought about a few people that, that have helped me out through the years or have businesses and they like collecting art I've thought about like throwing it their way and just being like, thanks for being a cool homie and being supportive, you know? Yeah. Um, because that, that alone is something I think about all the time. I don't think for me as an artist, I don't think I thank enough people, um, whether it's past, present or future, like, thanks for supporting me. Thanks for being there. You didn't have to give me your right, money. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know like, I, sometimes I'll, <clears throat> I'll, you know, if I've had a piece laying around for a minute or if I just finished something, uh, or anything in between, and I look at it, and I'm just like, you know what? So-and-so would really like that. Yeah. And, if, and if that crosses my mind, I try to do everything I can to then execute. Yeah. Because there's no reason I should derail that thought. Oh, if, no. If I feel like somebody needs this yeah. thing, and and I've got it just right here, and I feel like they would really appreciate it, I'm going huh. to try and give it to them. I was told one time to not be so selfish with my art. And when I first heard that, it kind of pissed me off. What, you know do you what, mean? Mean? what do you mean by that, <laughs> asshole? And Why do you have it all stacked in your house in the corner? Exactly. <laughs> but when I really thought about it, it made sense. It made a lot of sense, you know. Um, it's a really, really bad habit of mine, and I'm kind of trying to, like, ease into it and get over being afraid to post things, especially online, whether it's tattoos not necessarily tattoos, but tattoo designs. Yeah. So I'm always worried about, you know, somebody stealing the stuff. But I've realized that, you know, this is the digital age. It ain't going to get any better. And so what if somebody steals it? doesn't necessarily mean they can do it like you do. Right, because they're not going to get a Jake Mincy tattoo exactly. from that picture you drew because, on the internet. Exactly, because every artist, no matter what their their forte is, they all have their own separate vision. And my vision is dramatically different from yours and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And even though we're both good at what we do, it's going to be radically different. You know what I mean? Because you're not you and I'm, exactly. and I'm me and you're not exactly. me. Exactly. Your personality is encompassed in your work. And it, that's just how it is, plain and simple, man. There's nothing you can do about it. Um and I'm 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 getting more comfortable with it, man. I just recently posted some designs and stuff on my my Instagram and put up some work that that I've uh, thought I could sell or something like that. Or tired of seeing it sit around and collect yeah. dust and yeah. not be enjoyed by other onlookers and things like that. And I've posted those on my Instagram and stuff like that. Um, I've got this really cool. I need to get off my ass and get it together because <laughs> I know I know as soon as I post it, as soon as I post it, whether it's for sale or not, people of our age are going to lose their shit. 
So, um, remember the uh, old 90s cartoon Ren and Stimpy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course you did. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> that cartoon, like, brought so much to the table. Like, it was the first, like, cartoon to really have some heavy innuendos mm-hmm. and just be straight up gross and grotesque. Oh, dude, the still frames. Yeah, the yeah, still dude. frames. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, dude, like, I, so I got this idea one day. I was like, I want to do a Ren and Stimpy painting. And I was like, but how do I go about it? How do I, how do I keep, keep the, the idea and the iconic imagery from that and still put me in it? And it took me a little while to come up with an idea, but I thought, uh, well, you know, I like to, I nerd out when I can do detailed stuff. I just do. I don't know why. It's just a thing, man. And I thought, well, there it is. That's that's how you can combine the two. <laughs> and so I, I've I've started on a uh, Wren. I haven't finished the Wren, but I got Stimpy together, and and dude is just like so cool, man. Like it's just <laughs> he he's all covered in like sores and like it, I based it off <laughs> I based it off the the, the episode where like he uh, uh, Stimpy's going through puberty. <laughs> and like it, because Stimpy's a cat and Ren's a dog, so Ren's having this uh, allergic reaction to him because of the hair and shit. And like Stimpy's like got this elong abnormally elongated spine, and it's like all sticking through his back and stuff. So I based it on that. Like a so yeah, scene. yeah. So he's like got this big grin on his face, and there's drool coming out, and he's missing like a tooth, and got snot coming out of his big blue nose and stuff. That's great. Um, yeah, it, it's just me being letting life get the best of me. That's why it went <laughs> on the back burner, man, because I just started those right before the COVID thing, man. And then right after that, uh, I didn't get to work for two, two and a half months. And I was just like, fuck, man. And it got to a point where I couldn't push my art anymore because yeah. people were afraid to spend money, and rightfully yeah, so. Yeah. I'm not upset with them because I did the same thing. I tried to support like fellow if, artists. If I ain't buying toilet paper, I ain't buying nothing right no now. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Because apparently motherfuckers thought they could just, like, eat that shit and survive on it. <laughs> does anybody know? Like, does COVID just make you shit your brains out? Is that... I think that's it. Is that it? I think okay. that's it. So, so that... <laughs> we got to... There's a couple more questions I want to get through. We're almost at the end of this thing. Uh, what... <laughs> what is the, uh, the scene? around right now what what of it are you experiencing what of it uh what good of it have you seen come and that sort of well as far as the scene goes um i think right now art in all its forms like i've said nine million times so far um i think that there's going to be an artistic revolution and the only reason i believe that is because there's too much going on in the world in general not just not just our homeland of America. It's in the world in general. And there is no way that people are going to be able to express themselves just solely through words. It'll be like the Renaissance. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, it, it, it's just bound to grow. And there are some kids out there, and I call them kids. They're like middle-aged adults. But <laughs> me being an old man... Um, there's some, some cats out there that are not discovered yet, 
and are slowly creeping through the, the cracks and nooks to get to the masses. And, um, dude, once they do, it's going to be on. Well, you, you can't stop it at that point. No, it's going to be on, man. Uh, and it's happening with music. It's happening with art. It's happening with food. Um, dude, it's there. And, and I, th- I think it's going to be a great thing, man. But I also think it's going to make, not only will it bring and bond fellow man together, but it's going to make everybody look at the world differently. I really do, because all the secrets are out. And now they're going to be pushed in everybody's face in a very graphic, artsy way. And you can't ignore it. Can I tell you something that I'm really looking forward to? Go for it. I really want to hand somebody a Jeffrey Epstein Valentine's Day card. <laughs> I really, I really, really, see, I've seen Photoshop ones on the internet, but you know, yeah. like that, that's only so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, th- this is never a thing that could have existed before. And now that the, the well, world is the way it is, yeah. that it's a thing that and I that, can hand and that's, you. That's what I'm getting at, man, is like, uh, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it propaganda, whatever. But, um, I think most of the people in the world right now are already at their wits end and they're tired of the bullshit tired of hearing the fucking lies and 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 being told what what these people of power think we want to hear and now people are speaking up and uh hey man you know it's 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 been proven many many times throughout the history of man uh if people ain't gonna listen I'll paint the shit on a fucking wall and I'll make you see <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to see I mean? it. If it reminds listen. me of that iconic scene out of uh, Monty Python when the Romans take over. And yeah. I forget what they write on the wall, but it's like something to the effect of like Romans suck ass or something. Yeah, something and they're like, like what the fuck? Who does this? <laughs> you know, and the dude's standing there with the brush, just like caught, <laughs> literally caught red-handed. And he's like, uh... <laughs> It's it's us, Eric. Yeah, yeah. That, dude, that's what's going to happen, man. That's what's going to happen, especially in uh, some of these more artsy places. Mm. Like, I could totally see, like, Asheville just blowing up, man, uh, with that kind of stuff. Because it's a fucking artsy, fartsy yeah, place. I don't know if you've been there lately, but it's... it's I, haven't been, I haven't actually been there this calendar year. But, yeah. But I frequent the spot when I can. I, I went right <laughs> at the beginning of the year. Me and my... my girlfriend took a uh, like a little mini vacation and we uh, there was like a, a bread and breakfast thing there and we rented out a room or whatever nice and that was the first time i'd ever been oh dude Asheville's gorgeous yeah it's so cool man i mean it's a little on the pricey side it's definitely uh yeah but it's they, if you know where to look they've got some yeah. of the nicest stuff yeah. you're gonna find yeah that's true shout that's out true. appalachian vintner for being the best package right, store in the right. world <laughs> and and uh I don't know if you know who Mike Chambers is, badass yeah. tattooer. Yeah. He's got a shop out there now. Hey. Yeah, and it, it's nice, man. It's really, really nice. Um, so that's cool, too. So, you know, once again, there you are, you know. Where, where there's a will, there's a way. And, and art has always been there for people and always made people feel comfortable. And unfortunately, it's made just as many people uncomfortable. And, and that's good, though. It is good because, man, I've learned the older I've gotten, if you really want to put somebody in their place, just tell them the truth. <laughs> just tell them the truth. God's honest truth, and, man. And I feel like sometimes you being the man with the paintbrush in the hand, metaphorically, it, you are the person that has to tell the people the things yep. they don't want to hear sometimes. Yep. It's our duty as artists. Yeah. That's to, the thing. To be the mirror for society. That's exactly yeah. it, man. And if you can ignore it all you want... But it's always going to be 
relevant uh, to what you do and the other artists you surround yourself with. And that's the other thing too, man, is like, I am so glad that for the majority of artists out there, especially right now, it is not a competition. We're all trying to help each other, yeah. build each other up, and collaborate. Well, that's that's why I'm sitting here trying yeah, to do this. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's why I didn't hesitate when you were like, hey, man, you want to do this? Fuck yeah, I want to do this. We need to do this, you know? Yeah. The time is now. It's like a, it's like that Megadeth song, you know? Welcome to tomorrow. Which which you had playing when I walked yeah. in here. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm a huge Megadeth fan. <laughs> for the same reason, though, it goes back to that whole art pushing the truth in your face. One of the things I love about Megadeth and Dave Mustaine is the fact that it is political and it's not biased. It, it's, it's merely taking up for the underdog, the people like me and you. And just laying the truth out. And either you like it or you don't. Yeah, and that's all there is to you it. Know? Like, and that, that's what I always liked about that band. That's why I continue to listen to them, man. Um, it is what it is, dude. You know, um, If you can't handle the truth, then don't ask. Right, yeah, d- don't ask. <laughs> yeah, and don't, and don't be going around fucking shit up either. <laughs> you know, that's my other thing is like, you don't want people to know what you're doing or, or the truth of what you've done. Don't fuck shit up. Don't fuck with people. Yeah. You know? Like stay a secret if you're trying to stay a secret. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that's the problem with the world today, man. Like, humans have held these people of power and money as idols for so long, and they, they've went out of their way to do nothing but make the simple task of living normal, comfortable life in the world that we have, they've made it so hard to do the simplest things yeah. is like eat, sleep, and just survive. You know? Like, why has it got to be so complicated? I get why we have certain laws and things like that, but why the fuck are you going to go out of your way and tell a person, well, you're not good enough to get this medical uh treatment because you're not of a higher standard in society right, yeah, go fuck off man <laughs> like eat shit like, yeah it's it's a mess yeah it's crazy all right so last question here what uh who are some people you would like to see in a format here <laughs> here <laughs> in a Quote, format unquote. like this uh who what 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 folks from around town would you like to hear like this just anybody as far as art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what artists would you like to have in this oh, form? Man. Um I think some guys like uh like Willie P, man. Badass glass blower. Yeah. Does some really good, good work. Um and he's a super nice guy, man. I've tattooed him twice, I think. I think I've seen those tattoos. Yeah, too. yeah, I did up. like a little Sherlock that was a silhouette, and then yeah. I did his logo. Yeah, you did on yeah. his lower arm. He's a super nice guy, man, and, and very knowledgeable um, in his department. Uh, dude, Ben Fraser, like I was saying before, not only is he a tattooer, he's a fine artist too. Um, has a, a long comic book background. Yeah, he and, he and I have had some good chats when I've been in his. Yeah, chat. yeah, he, he's a good dude. Uh, I've known that dude forever. Um, man, uh, I mean, Rob, Rob Johnson, um, really good artsy fartsy dude. Um, that's another good one. Uh, me and that, 
that guy, uh, I didn't really know him until I started working with him, and we just, like, connected, man. And that dude, he's one of those guys, like, you'll be racking your brain about something and be like, holy shit, I'm never going to figure this out. And he'll just walk by with a cup of coffee and be like, you should put a line right there and throw the screen <laughs> on it. And you're like, holy shit, how, what the fuck? Hey, don't walk off, come back. Yeah, get back you know, here. Like, <laughs> Say that again. And he's just pouring with ideas, man. Like, I loved making flash sheets with him. He was so, so creative. And uh, he's just one of those dudes that, like, never took it for granted, I don't think. Like, because he, he's, when he shoots them at you, you can tell he's not being arrogant or trying yeah. to one-up you. He's just doing his thing, you Hey, it would be cool if you did this. Yeah, yeah. And he, oh, shit, that's a great idea. Um, man, uh, I'm trying to think of maybe some other other cats. Uh, I mean, there's so many people I could think of. Um, that's just a few, you know. Um, how about that Thomas guy? Oh, no, Can we get that Thomas no, guy stop. on here? <laughs> you guys hear him in the background saying it's so, stop? It's so funny. Man. I was I was over at Nick's the other day, and he and I sat down and did this. And, uh, you know, I, it's so weird for me to catch compliments because it's just like, oh, man, no, stop. Because yeah. I'm just out here trying to highlight people. Yeah, I ain't trying to catch right. no compliments. No, nah, man, that's part of it, dude. Because, like, like I said, Things like this generally take another artist to say, you know what would be really cool? And then they go and seek it out. So, like, well, you're this, doing your part. This you is know? something that I don't get enough of in my life, and I feel like a lot of people like us have been deprived of, oh, especially yeah. in the calendar year of 2020 well, in its entirety. That And, and when you look at, at history in general, uh, even when we were being brought up and, and raised and things like that, Art's always the thing that like kind of gets pushed down. Um, well, the 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 tangibility of it, or the the outcome of it, yep. the uncertainty of the outcome, and the intangibleness of it itself, and resources. Yeah, it, it somehow those aspects of it make it slightly more taboo than yep. learning, you know, hard oh, yeah. skills and you know more tangible. One hundred percent. But it's no less important. No, it's no. just it's just sometimes often. Sideline, and that's yeah. sad. And, and like we were talking about earlier, too, it's just weird how it always gets pushed to the side, but it's everywhere. It influences everything. Yeah. Everything in our, our lives is influenced by art. Some artsy motherfucker was like, hey, what if we put these bristles in this like weird shaped mirror thing I made? Yeah. Oh, and now we got a hairbrush. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So, like, yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff. But, um, yeah, man, I'm happy you did it. And I, ho I hope you uh, are successful with this. And I hope you find a shit ton more people because yeah, I think well, it would be I, so cool. I need to get some more microphones so we can have more than two oh, people yeah, talking. Oh, yeah, like a time. group thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, cool. I, I would definitely like to sit down and have at least two or three other people on the other side yeah, of this conversation dope, to have, you know, a more wide array of artistic yeah. opinions to have in this conversation. but. Today's conversation has been super duper fun, oh, and, I've had and a lot I appreciate fun, your time and energy helping me make this happen. Yeah, no problem, man. And Jake Mincy, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook if you put in Snake Mincy, M-I-N-C-E-Y. Um, that usually brings me up, and you can contact me that way, see my art and all that good jazz, or you can stop by the shop. Uh, well, not anymore, sorry. I lied. That was in the past. We don't do that <laughs> You can anymore. make an appointment. Yeah, you can make an appointment with me at uh, Sleeping Giant on uh, North Broadway, Knoxville, Tennessee. 
um, I'd be happy to hang out with you and make some art and do all that good jazz. So, yeah. Thank you, Jake. No problem. Thank you. That was the show. I hope you enjoyed. All the relevant social media and website links will be in the episode description for the featured artist today. And if you yourself or know an artist that you would like to be or see on the platform, shoot me an email. It'll be listed somewhere on here. I'll try to make it plainly evident for you. But uh, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.